Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 601 with a review of Underwater. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a streaming service near you. Um, this week, we are talking about a... A, uh, a VOD release that is actually a film that did get released early this year before the pandemic, but it's just now. Last week was the official release date, uh, DVD and VOD for Underwater. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, but before, before we get started, uh, Stephen, do anything interesting this week? Yeah, uh, you, you could say that. Uh, what Christopher is referring to is I was on a special Patreon episode of Film Spotting on... We recorded Friday night, and it dropped over the weekend, um, basically serving as the resident nerd to talk about the <laughs> ideas behind Alex Garland's devs. Um, AI would be hypothetically the reason, but it really became mostly talking about whatever quantum mechanics I learned in college. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we had a nice nice 45-minute chat, basically talking about determinism versus free will, different interpretations of quantum mechanics a little bit into the the quality of devs but mostly kind of hanging out in that fuzzy idea area yeah yeah but it was it, it, it was fun i i liked it it was a good change of pace not that i don't enjoy our conversations obviously <laughs> but uh spreading my wings and <laughs> one, one week you serenade me about not not quitting the podcast and then the very next week you go off and do film spotting <laughs> i know i'm just i'm just gaslighting you <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, it was. it's nice to be able to have a conversation that's not just like, what do we think about this show? How did the episodes play out? But really just like, let's deep dive on a few um, subjects from what the show was doing and just kind of full on dive into the deep end and talk for like the full time on just thoughts around what the film was doing. Right. Yeah, I do think, too, there's a... I was debating not saying this on air, but whatever. Our two listeners can hear it. There, there's a um, there's a chameleon element to it where I feel like my tone was a little bit less um infected, even though I was still drinking. But for some reason, I was more in the like I am doing radio voice conversation now. Yeah. So I I wonder if I should channel that into our conversations now. If I should <laughs> rather than saying um take a pause and reflect and just talk like, nah, I can't do it. Well, I think to, it's not the same. to do that, you would have to feel through the eventuality of the words you were going to say, as opposed to try to bring the words to the front on your own. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get into the devs mood, Stephen. I get you. I get you. I get, I think, I think what it is is just the type of discussion that that show entailed was very like, what is life? What is the future? And it just put me in a kind of very 420 headspace. I think I just felt more <laughs> contemplative than usual. Yeah. But Underwater is a contemplative movie too. You know, it brings up questions like, how long ago was this film that TJ Miller is still in it? Why didn't they edit out TJ Miller? Uh, was Adam Paley not available to be digitally subbed in for TJ Miller? Like these are all the big life questions that that movie was throwing at me. Well, I think we're going to get into those life questions um, because that is what we do here on this podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So what do you say we do that, Stephen? Let's go. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for underwater and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. Listen carefully. 
You are now 5,000 miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. We're gonna do this, let's do this. scale from one to ten. How bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How would we even get there? We walk up. We just gotta walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. We don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! Turn your lights off. So that was the trailer for Underwater. It is about a bunch of people that work on a deep sea rig that is seven miles below the surface of the ocean. And uh, one day something happens and basically the whole rig sort of collapses underwater. And uh, the people who have momentarily survived have to try to make their way across the bottom of the ocean to a safer spot that is not the collapsing rig that they are currently trapped in. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Underwater? I thought this movie was completely middle of the road, fine, <laughs> adequate. It was ba- basically th- this movie has Kristen Stewart going for it. She basically drags this movie barehanded across the ocean floor all the way to the finish line, <laughs> right? Like she, if the question was, can Kristen Stewart anchor an action film, a blockbuster thriller? Can she do that? Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. She. She's great in this movie. Um, definitely reminiscent of Alien, but I think rather than being cool under pressure, she is more relatable and human. She's more like a character that we feel terrified through as she works out these different situations. And yeah, I, I thought she made it a lot of fun. The plot of the movie to me is whatever. Um, I like the idea, right? You know it from the trailer. They are deep underground. They've been digging in the Mariana Trench and shit starts to go down and they need to get from point a to point b and along the way there are going to be zerglings i mean the covenant i mean you know (laughs) creatures (laughs) creatures will get in their way um and and all that was okay i i felt like the film's sense of geography 
was kind of hazy, which is weird because they didn't have to establish very much at all. Maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> I'm not sure. There there were times where they are they are going down or they're going out and then going back and going down again. And I did not feel like I understood where they had to get to or what was dangerous about what they were doing. It, it, it felt like there was some exposition about the layout of the area that they were traversing that they like cut in the editing room for some reason. Like, I don't know, TJ Miller did something offensive and they're like, well, we can't use any of that scene. We're just going to move to the next <laughs> one instead. Um, well, I, I think, Stephen, that their goal was to go all the way down to the seafloor. But on the right. way there, there was something that they picked up that they wanted to investigate. So they were always going down, but the going out and then back in and then back down again was caused because there was a detour that they went through. Yep. Yeah, like I understand that. I think of just even even when they're on the seafloor, where they are meant to get to versus where they are brought, where they are forced to be, and how they get back there. I don't know. There was just something about the the scale and the direction that I didn't really feel like I was following that much, which was okay. But it it just made it more like, oh, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. That that, that was kind of the vibe I had in the movie. Rather than <laughs> I have a mission. I have a goal. We are going to root for you on your way to the goal. Um, I was happy to see John Gallagher Jr. with the mustache, you know, any mustachioed <laughs> John Gallagher Jr. being like a nice supportive therapist character touches me. You know, it, it's what he's good for. I, between him being in this and TJ too, it really, really, really felt like a Cloverfield movie. I know yeah. we must have talked before about whether it was originally planned to be a Cloverfield movie and then scrapped or something. Because it has strong Cloverfield vibes. Yeah, when, when this trailer first dropped, I was like, how is this not a low-key uh, Cloverfield film? And then w as soon as I had that thought, I went to Reddit and I realized I was like two years behind because mm -hmm. the script for this film leaked like two years ago. And there's a whole like giant thread within the Cloverfield <laughs> you know r slash cloverfield which is all about how like this has to be a cloverfield film um but it's not it's it's completely unconnected um different studio doesn't count but uh i mean it's obvious to see how it could be yeah i i will say too the the creature design in this movie especially toward the end almost made me question if I was wrong and it is a Cloverfield movie and somehow I just internalized that it wasn't like, that is how far it goes in that direction. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just the deaths. I didn't find all that memorable, even though some were disturbing the, the pressure element, kind of like the abyss. It was, it was cool to see the different ramifications of that, but it, it, it just didn't excite me all that much. I feel like it, it kept me just interested enough to, care about finishing the movie but it never gave me something to really latch on to i do also think i joked about it before but tj miller seems like he did not want to be in this movie he was maybe <laughs> not sober for any moment of the filming of this movie he he basically is just the mucinex monster in this movie he's just this thing <laughs> that they uncover who's like making weird jokes and is like coughing like <laughs> let's do this like, I, I don't know i did not um one of my only notes from watching this movie was I wrote, I hope TJ dies first. <laughs> <laughs> and that was 10 minutes into the movie that you wrote. Yeah, that. yeah. Nice. That it, it, it was okay. There, there's some kick-ass moments that happened toward the end of this movie that made it feel worthwhile enough. I just was relatively underwhelmed by it. But how did you feel, Christopher? 
Yeah. So, so this is, I think, the first time in the history of the podcast that I watched something theatrically that you only had the option to watch on VOD. Um, I mean, we, we've we've come back to things long afterwards and and given our two cents later on. But this is the first time that we've done a review where the first time I watched it was for real. <laughs> and then the the first time you watched it was was at home um, doing it. And I don't know if if that if seeing it theatrically with everything really, really big on, on the screen um, gave it some sort of bump for me. Definitely the second time through the film feels a little less than the way I felt felt about it the first time, but I really, really enjoyed it my first time through with my theatrical experience. I think that what I really, really like about this film is that there's no nonsense, right? This is not, let's spend 25 minutes learning who Kristen Stewart is and then explode a rig and then see if she can survive it. This is, let's start the movie and the rig is already collapsed <laughs> and yep. we're, we're just watching a few people try to not die. And I think that that was sort of a breath of fresh air for me. I mean, we, we saw this or I, I saw this the first week of January. Um, so it was right after like all the crazy big end of year releases and after, you know, visiting home um, for the holidays and all this stuff and then coming back and like my first thing, okay, the new year started, we're going in and I went and watched this movie and I had a lot of fun with it. I really, really love, I say art direction, but I mean, I think just the, the style of the suits, the style mm-hmm. of the, whatever these creatures are that exist in this world. Yeah, they're, and, they're Terrans fighting the Zerg basically. <laughs> and, and, and I think it looks really, really cool. And part of why it looks cool is because those suits suck. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, in the Q and a after the screening that I that I saw, every single person couldn't stop talking about how much they hated wearing the suits and how horrible it was and how mad they were every time that they had to have them on. Um, what, so was like, it a physical Q and A that you were at, or was it like a th- this simulcast one was, or something? This is a simulcast Q and A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all the main cast members except for Vincent Cassell, who was not there. I assume was because there? Uh, <laughs> no, TJ wasn't there either. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, TJ wasn't there, obviously, and then Vincent Cassell was probably off filming Westworld season three or something. Um, yeah, but. But yeah, did they, did they just tap the director of Trolls World Tour to be TJ <laughs> instead for the? <laughs> Apparently, he just voices all the canceled people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that the simplicity of this film is what makes it enjoyable to me. This is not a film that's about like why is this happening or what's going on. It's just about watch these people try to survive the situation. And I think that each of the characters has their own sort of like. We don't need their backstory. We're just getting their personality quirk that either allows them to survive or not survive within the situation. And you're really just watching them deal with being that far underwater and uh, dealing with what it is that they're seeing around them. It would be interesting to be able to watch this film without knowing it's a creature feature. Um, but I mean, that's you know basically in the marketing materials for the film. But I really, really enjoyed... Uh, how sparse this film was because it was just a really cool action film and i think the action is really good in this like even just the 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 initial collapse of the structure at the beginning of this film is it like it's this like is a disaster movie wholehearted can i say 
I think that is the best set piece in the movie is the opening of the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But I, I just think that that scene is really, really awesome. And, and it really puts you in the mood of like, oh shit, what's going on? I'm going to watch this. Like, <laughs> let's do this. And I think there are little bits of things where you get characters backstories later on. Like you joked about not being able to understand the geography of this, but you do learn reasons why certain characters don't want it. Like Vincent Cassell is talking about like, oh, we, we need to go for the Robock. And everybody's like, well, what about the shepherd? And he's like, there's nothing there. But then you find stuff that might be there later on like little bits of of sort of backstory where it's like there's Mm -hmm. it's clear that there is a whole world here but the film is just interested in watching you take these characters through this journey that's unrelated to the rest of the world but then it just sort of sprinkles in those nuggets here and there and i think that that is kind of um it's kind of fun in a way but i but i think really for me the design of this world it, it it felt like there's almost no story here, right? It's just go from point A to B and try not to die. But I think yeah. seeing the suits, how they work, how their air scrub, their oxygen scrubbers work, like all these little bits of pieces of this world were like a fun game for me to sort of step through and kind of just like, yeah, this is rad. <laughs> I like this. This is well, cool. Well, I think game game is the operative word here because this really felt like a video game to me, yeah. including the way you you get exposition about the sh- shepherd, for instance. It feels like a thing that would happen if you are playing a video game and you can wander into a level and then you're given a few minutes to like look around and see little kind of contextual cues of, yeah. of the world that you left behind. And the exposition is all past tense in the way a video game is where like you open with the action and everything you learn you're kind of learning organically as you go from point a to point b so there, there definitely was a very video gamey element to this not just that the creatures felt like halo or uh, yeah. starcraft characters well like the, the the trailer starts with a line of dialogue which is not in this film it's like pre before they were underwater where it's like you're gonna be stationed seven miles below the surface of the thing and you're gonna be working there for months get ready to go <laughs> This is Tito in the morning down in the... <laughs> I mean, that's basically that opening sounds like whoever's doing that narration at the beginning sounds like a video game voiceover, like you're playing Call of Duty or something like that. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed that. I did also, while watching it, I kept thinking, man, if I were in a packed theater at midnight with everyone, like super into this movie i would probably like it a lot more than i am right now because it it did have fun kind of edge of your seat type of jump scares or creepy crawlies or like situations where you know multiple times they have these kind of um red herring things like creatures that you think will maybe come to life or dark areas that you think something is going to pop out of and it, it does play with that really well i just couldn't I don't know, maybe sitting in my living room, I, I just couldn't get into the right mood for this movie. I never yeah. really felt like totally absorbed by what, what they were doing. And I also felt like there were some strange things that did not pay off. And that isn't even a criticism. I, it's just interesting. For instance, things about uh, Vincent Cassell's character, I feel like they sprinkle in a few details that make you go like, hmm what's going on here <laughs> and then nothing happens with it at all it, it, it I mean, is I, very I think, strange i think 
I think it does. It, it's it's just a payoff for the, the knowledge. Like mm. at one point in time, Kristen Stewart makes it to the shepherd. Um, what's sorry? Yeah. No, hold on a second. No, the the building's called the shepherd. Her name's not called shepherd, right? I don't think so. Yeah, her name is Nora. No, she's <laughs> Prince. Yeah, Nora Price. Yeah, yeah. The but they make it to a building called the shepherd, which Vincent Cassell says like there's nothing in that section. There's no point in going there. And I think that his everything related to him is only paid off in the knowledge we learn from what's in the Shepherd facility. And I think that that is its own payoff, but it's not supposed to change this the narrative for everybody else. Mm. Yeah, I I was. You can bleep this if you want, or do elevator music or something. <laughs> I was really afraid that they were doing a thing where. He- Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- th- this, I mean, if you look at like the Rotten to- Tomato scores for this film, they're not exactly high. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that I, I have not looked actually. I think it's in like 47% or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still, I still stand for the production value of this like yeah. very simple creature feature. And I think that, that it's just kind of, I, I think it's kind of badass. Like I said, on second viewing, it feels like the subdued nature of it some of the awesomeness fades away when you're like oh yeah cool like it, it's really just get to the bottom of the seafloor and then walk across it but i think that the the way it plays with things is very exciting and i think i think potentially it's written in a way we are not supposed to know it's a creature feature but because you're watching it knowing it's a creature feature those those moments of revealing those things don't have the same impact but even knowing that mm. like when i was in when i was watching this in theaters there's a scene where um you know part of the rig that's already exploded is collapsing and the crew is running to a door to try to take shelter and while they're running and flailing around like the camera just kind of pans up and you just see these humanoid-esque figures standing on the edge of the building just watching them not approaching them not doing anything just watching them and i think that that image is frightening like it was Mm -hmm. like in theaters it was like (laughs) it just had like a really aggressive like like the sound design in that scene and just the quick flash of them it reminded me of there is a scene in the film signs the first time that you see the alien for a split Very second. similar. Yeah. yeah, it felt like that. And it hit me the same way that moment did in that film. Um, yeah, so. I mean, in the words of T.J. Miller, it's some Slenderman shit. <laughs> I do feel like he was the only person that didn't get a script. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It, it really felt like T.J. just woke up and they were like, here, uh, here's a bunny. Um, <laughs> walk around, <laughs> fill in, fill in for somebody else. But yeah, I liked I, I liked the creature design, and there's a good progression the movie goes on too in terms of the the nature of the threat, both in size and in number, um, and in how well you know these creatures. Right there are there is like a level of strength that is revealed at a certain point that's kind of very propulsive and interesting. There's a I'm going to say a Noah and the whale type of situation that happens that I. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought I thought that was like 
really well done, the right level of creepy and overwhelming. And then it kind of has a, it immediately gets overwhelmed by a yet another much more difficult thing to counter. And I think that that was fun. There's just a, there's something exhausting about all of it to me. It felt a little exasperating. And I think Kristen Stewart is like an audience surrogate in this movie in that by the end, she's just like, fucking hell, what do I have to do now? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think she's great in this film, though. I think she's mm-hmm. like, she's she's badass without being overly showy about it, right? Like, she's just yeah. very proficient and very matter of fact and like, shit, I, I, I don't want to die, so I'm going to keep going. And I think yep. that I really just appreciated um, the energy that she brought to this film. I, I will also say the the final 10 minutes of this movie or so are legitimately pretty awesome. I I don't know that the movie builds up to it appropriately. I, I would have loved to care more about the characters at that time, but I do think it it goes out on the right note. Like there, there's a high note that it kind of ends on that I was pretty yeah. pretty into. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I do, if this did turn out, if this was somehow shoehorned into um, into a Cloverfield film, those credits are, like, perfect. Yep. <laughs> like, all 100%. the newspaper clippings and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I do also want to say, I noticed that uh, uh, the actor Mamudu Ati, I think is his name. It, is, is it a spoiler to say what happens to him? I, I guess I won't, but I think you know the actor that I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Three of his most recent film credits, like chronologically, have been Unicorn Store, Uncorked, and Underwater. So I feel like he has this UN <laughs> thing going with all the movies that he's in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a nice guy. I feel like he and Sean Gallagher Jr. together are just like the like the nice guy Avengers are forming, and then T.J. Miller just shoves his way in there. So the the I. Uh, I don't remember the name of the guy who was running the Q&A, but he's also a filmmaker. And he <laughs> he did this thing, which I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do when you're running a Q&A. Is he, so there's a scene, minor spoilers for early on in the, in the film, um, this, this character you were just talking about, um, uh, Kristen Stewart says, uh, I'm Nora. And he goes, yeah, I know. So <laughs> this guy running the Q&A is like, Oh, that scene where he already knew her name, that's because he's in love with her and that's why he knows her name, right? And then the actor is like, um, I mean, they've been working on this rig for a long time and he's like aware of his surroundings and he knows the people he works with. So I think he just kind of knew her name. And then the Q&A guy goes, but he like loves her, right? (laughs) And the actor's like, I mean, I didn't really see it as love. (laughs) And then he goes, I mean, come on, he loves her, right? And he spent like probably five minutes trying to convince the guy playing the role who read the script that his character was in love with another character based on one line of dialogue. And I just like it was it was brilliant. Speaking of people that are in love with each other, whatever happens to the moon pie? I feel like there's a moon pie. (laughs) Well, I wanted something to be done with it. I feel like that moon pie ended up somewhere that I can't say. <laughs> mm. No, wait, but it your your the least favorite no character, longer... your least char- favorite character gives the moon pie to another character. No, I know, I know, I know. 
And that character is supposed to give it to someone else. And then we never see it get eaten. <laughs> and I feel like that other person could have really used the moon pie, given the situation that they were under. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> any last thoughts on this film, Steven? Uh, let's see. Let me check the notes. Uh, moon pie. What happened to the moon pie? Why did they show me a moon pie and then not eat the moon pie? Um, well, they couldn't get the rights to Twinkie. So (laughs) (laughs) I did. I have one other note that is like, oh yeah, bring the body into your dark enclosed space. That's really smart. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I liked the line. What's the scariest part of a roller coaster waiting in line. I thought that was a good, good John Gallagher jr. Kind of like, let's amp everybody up. Like, you know, you can do this. You can face your fears, yeah. kids. I'm in short-term 12. I, um, I also like that line. I feel like at least second time through this movie, it was delivered way too haphazardly. It was kind of like, it was like, remember remember in Borat when he's trying to learn how to say like something, 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 not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just says not with no space the first time. It felt like that. He's like, hey, what's the worst part of the roller coaster? Waiting in line. <laughs> and then yeah. he just turns around. It feels like... As as one of the many instances where this movie decides to kind of reveal who the characters are, like just sprinkle in little bits while they're going on this adventure together. A- adventure is the wrong word. They're going through this nightmare together. <laughs> <laughs> in in this case, I feel like you get a sense that he and the person he is speaking to, like this dynamic exists many times where she is overwhelmed or anxious or something. And he just has a way of calming her down. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I got is this is a routine that they go through all the time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I will say too, this is not specifically related to this film, but I think in the past when we have reviewed space films uh, in general, I talk about how the scariest thing about space is just the vacuum (laughs) and how like, on the other side, like if if we're in buildings here in our normal life and an earthquake happens and shit's falling apart, hopefully you can run out of the building and you're away from the thing that is dangerous. But when you're in space and now when you're seven miles below the surface of the ocean, there is nothing to escape to. If the thing you're in is having the problem, the problem is everywhere. <laughs> Because you can't just go outside and be away from it. There's no escape from that. And I think that I am still, it's, it's, it's a thing that will always exist whenever you're underwater and whenever you're in space, but it's still, there's a level that frightens me in a way that always heightens whatever experience I'm watching. Um, because I just, I can't not think about the fact that like, yeah, if your suit ruptures, you're just exploded yeah. <laughs> or you know you're either either internally crushed or you explode outwards depending on whether you're above <laughs> or below yep so i don't know and I, I, I can't tell which is worse actually I, I don't know which is more disturbing i f- i feel that if you're seven miles below the surface and you suddenly crush that your death is pretty much instant i feel like yeah. if you're in space like your blood boils or something yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> it depends, though, if, if Star-Lord gets there in time, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Or Star-Lord's the one that's floating in space. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sea Star-Lord is the one in the ocean that does the same thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, I think it's about time for us to get to verdicts for this film. If you're going to give this a must-see, record with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I am giving it a wait for rental. I think it was... It was fine. I would have probably actually been more inclined toward pass, but I think the cast is legitimately very good, and Kristen Stewart is great in this movie, and so she elevates it. Not quite to the degree that Anna Kendrick elevates Trolls, but enough to get me a rental, at least. So Well, she didn't sing. Solid so. rental. <laughs> yeah. We don't know that she can sing. Have we ever heard Kristen Stewart sing? I don't know. Surely in one of the Twilight movies, like... <laughs> some singing has to happen like sad girl singing i'll look it up we'll figure we'll figure oh it no out. she she was uh she was in the joan jett movie oh yeah of course yeah there we go so she could have <laughs> sang but she didn't pass with caveat <laughs> just kidding rental yeah i mean if i so there are two people on this planet that i have forced to watch this movie and neither of them liked it that much <laughs> But I had a lot of fun with this film. Um, <laughs> so I am going to give this a recommend with a caveat. <laughs> caveat being 100% of the people that I made watch it did not like it as much as I did. <laughs> hey, that, that still means one out of three people loved it. That's great. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's not like four out of five dentists or anything like that, but... And 100% of people who saw it in theaters that you know loved it, I think. That is true. That is 100% certain. Well, so there you go. That's not true because as I was walking out of the movie, somebody in my theater was like, whoa, that movie was bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that guy was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that is going to do it for our review of Underwater. Stephen Miller, uh, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thesporethewarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thesporethewarning, or instagram.com slash thesporethewarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesporethewarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Underwater, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, next week, we are going to be back with a review of Bad Education, and... Uh, we might also fit in that new Netflix movie with Thor going around trying to stop a kid from dying. I forget the name of the movie right now. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, so look forward to those reviews. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>